I think we're live. Happy Monday night, y'all. Happy Monday. Welcome in. Thanks for tuning in. Um, <clears throat> either here with me live, as always, on Monday nights, <laughs> like I just said, or sometime later on, you know, a week from now, three years from now, whatever it may be. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for the love. Thanks for the support. I am Sean Corey. You can find all my links, all my things at, um, I always want to default to Linktree, you know? I always want to default to the place that, uh, you know, allows <laughs> degenerates and heathens uh, all over. But apparently uh, being a Christian, having a based Bible study apparently is uh, harmful and dangerous these days. Yeah, no longer on Linktree. It's libertylinks.io slash Jonathan Corey. S-E-A-N-A-T-H-A-N-C-O-R-Y on all the things. Snuck back on Twitter. Find me at Jonathan underscore underscore Corey. Find me, follow me. I don't really post on there that much, but I'll chat. Um, yeah, we're going to dive back into the word tonight. I'm sorry, I'm just like, Multitasking, making sure everything's working and running. Doesn't look like it is yet. Maybe it is. Um, diving back into the Word, we're going to read a little bit more of the uh, Jesus Storybook Bible. Again, the uh, second best book ever written behind the Bible. So we're going to be reading from the first best book ever written and the second best book ever written tonight. Y'all are in for a little treat, you know? Y'all are in for a little treat here. But before we read, before I read, before I dive into the topic, let's um, start off real hot. Let's start off real hot with a banger, with a uh, gospel banger, you know? I uh, always am a little jealous sometimes of, like, my friends who were born and raised in the church who grew up, like, singing, like, all these awesome, hilarious, dope songs, uh, <laughs> you know, at, like, Sunday school or at, like, VBS uh, camps, you know? Um, and this is one of those. This is one of those songs, apparently, that I have, like, never heard of until last month. And people were, like, singing this when they were, like, five years old. Like, getting down at, like, age five to one of these, you know, these songs. Um, so, yeah, I'll play that. And then we'll get into it. Happy 
Awesome, right? <laughs> Hilarious. So cute. Overly cute. A little annoying. Like, if it continued a couple more times, you know, you'd be annoyed with it. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. And a very happy man was he. For he had seen the Lord that day. Welcome in, y'all. What's going on? I got three people watching on Twitch. If you know me, you know I always have one. I always have my, like, FBI or NSA handler guy tuning in on Twitch, monitoring me, watching me. I'm sure just waiting, waiting to, to justify banning me. <laughs> one of the Twitch mods just waiting to ban me, you know? Uh, I don't know who it is. I always have one viewer on Twitch. Tonight, I have three, apparently. So welcome in, Twitch. Uh, welcome in. Welcome to the Based Bible Study, hosted by your boy. <laughs> but let's get into the word. Without further ado, let's read the word. I'm not reading from, I'm reading from my Spanish, my bilingual Bible, but I'm not going to torture you guys again with reading in Spanish. That was painful to re-listen to last time I tried that. I will never do that again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. When I get more fluent, when I get better at my Spanish, I will uh, read from it in Spanish. Maybe I'll do like a, a couple whole streams in Spanish only, you know. But open up your Bibles. We're in Luke chapter 19, Luke 19, 1 through 10. And the section is called Zacchaeus Converted. Zacchaeus Converted. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, but a happy little man was he. Luke 19, verse number 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through. Jesus, that is. Entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into the sycamore tree in order to see him. For he, Jesus that is, was about to pass through that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried, Zacchaeus that is, and came down and received him gladly. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he, too, is a son of Abraham. Based? <laughs> uh, based? I'll read it again. Again, Luke 19, chapter 1. He entered Jericho and was passing through, and there was a man called by the name of Zacchaeus, he was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. Zacchaeus was trying to see who Jesus was, and was unable because of the crowd, for he was small in stature, for he was a little grabbler. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree in order to see him. 
for he was about to pass through that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for today I must stay at your house. And he hurried and came down and received Jesus gladly. When they saw it, they all began to grumble, the crowd that is, saying, He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stopped and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will give back four times as much. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. So that's uh, Luke 19 from the greatest book ever written. <laughs> from the greatest book. But let's, uh, let's dive into the same story from the second greatest book. That is, of course, the Jesus Storybook Bible. That is, of course, the Jesus Storybook Bible. Y'all know it. Y'all love it. <laughs> you better know it. You better love it by now. What's up, Coffee Grounds Bear? 07's in the chat for the homie. What's going on? Coffee Grounds Bear welcomed me into his home. Uh, it was awesome. It was beautiful. Met some of his friends, some of his coworkers. Beautiful, beautiful uh, girlfriend. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what awesome news they have, but they, you know, let's just say they have some awesome, awesome news and then they, uh, uh, awesome life ahead of them. <clears throat> so we're in the Jesus Storybook Bible. This is the story called The Man Who Didn't Have Any Friends. None. <laughs> any. None. Keywords there. <clears throat> the man who didn't have any friends. None. Okay, he spilled the beans. Someone, uh, <laughs> coffee ground spilling the beans in the chat. Spilling the coffee ground beans, you know? The coffee beans are spilled in the chat. His uh, girlfriend is pregnant with a baby boy. And congrats. Congrats, brother. Real men have boys first. Real men have boys first. So obviously. So obviously she's pregnant with a baby boy. But congrats, man. 07's in the chat. Shouts out in the comments for my boy Coffee Grounds Bear. Doing work. Being fruitful and multiplying, you know? <laughs> but again, alright, we're diving in. We're getting serious here. We're getting serious here, guys. We're getting serious and we're diving into the Jesus Storybook Bible, alright? So, come on. Let's focus in. The man who didn't have any friends. None. The story of Zacchaeus from Luke 19. There was once a man who didn't have any friends. None. Do you have any friends? Well, of course you do. <laughs> but not Zacchaeus. Poor Zacchaeus didn't have any. You're probably wondering why. Was it because he was so short? Maybe. <laughs> was it because he had a name that was hard to say? Even though he was short and he did have a funny name... That wasn't it. No, people didn't like Zacchaeus because he stole their money. Zacchaeus collected taxes. Taxes were what people had to pay the king. 
But Zacchaeus took more than he was supposed to and kept the extra money for himself and made himself rich. Everyone knew what he was up to and it made them cross and grumpy. They didn't like Zacchaeus one bit. So they made sure he knew it by doing things like avoiding him and walking on the opposite side of the street and pretending not to see him and whispering things like, there's that nobody who thinks he's a somebody loud enough so he could hear. Anyway, one day, a huge crowd gathered by the road. Jesus was coming to their town and everyone wanted to see him. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus too, but everyone was too tall. He tried jumping up and down, but that didn't work. He still couldn't see a thing. Luckily, Zacchaeus had a good idea. I'll climb that sycamore tree, he said. So he did. And he was surprisingly good at climbing trees for a man who was so unusually short that he had to take a flying leap just to get into his chair in the morning. Yikes, such short. From the tree, Zacchaeus had the perfect view all the way down the road. Another minute and suddenly Jesus was at that tree. Jesus stopped and looked up. Zacchaeus saw Jesus and Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, Jesus said, I'd like to come over to your house. Zacchaeus almost fell out of the tree. <laughs> come over to his house. No one ever wanted to come anywhere near his house, let alone inside it. The people saw this, and needless to say, it made them even crosser and grumpier than usual. They mumbled and murmured and muttered, Why is Jesus being kind to that big sinner? Doesn't Jesus know about him? Zacchaeus scrambled down and took Jesus to his house. He was in a big hurry because he didn't want Jesus to change his mind. Perhaps Jesus hadn't heard about him. Perhaps Jesus didn't know about how he had been stealing and how no one liked him and how he didn't have any friends. But Jesus knew. He knew all about Zacchaeus and the stealing and everything. And yet he still loved him. Zacchaeus was ashamed. Lord, he said, turning pale, what I've done is wrong. But now I want to do the right thing. I will give the money back to everyone, four times what I stole. And that's just what he did. Jesus smiled. My friend, he said, today God has rescued you. Jesus loved Zacchaeus when nobody else did. He was Zacchaeus' friend, even when no one else was. Because Jesus was showing people what God's love was like, his wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Man, that hits you, doesn't it? Doesn't that just hit you right in the feels? Huh? Don't your feet, don't your feels just like tingle right now? <laughs> Oh, sevens in the chat. What's up, YouTube? So just some quick insights, as always, from my Orthodox Study Bible, the based Orthodox Study Bible, on Zacchaeus from Luke 19, 1 through 10. 
reads, Jericho was notoriously a place of iniquity and is commonly associated with sinful living. This encounter between Christ and Zacchaeus demonstrates that grace can accomplish that which is impossible to man. Many spiritual interpretations express the universal significance of this encounter. Theophylact, Theophylact, it's a person's name, Theophylact sees the crowd symbolizing sins. Crowded in by a multitude of passions and worldly affairs, he is not able to see Jesus. St. Ambrose sees several parallels. One, Zacchaeus being short is indicative of his being short on faith and virtue. Two, that Zacchaeus must ascend a tree shows no one attached to earthly matters can see Jesus. And three, the Lord intending to pass that way reveals that Christ will approach anyone willing to repent and believe. Zacchaeus uses the term give for his free and generous offering to the poor and restore for what he owes those he had cheated. As this was not a gift, but required by the law. By doing both, Zacchaeus not only fulfills the law, but shows his love of the gospel. The title son of Abraham indicates Zacchaeus had become like this patriarch of Israel. He was counted righteous by his faith, he became generous towards the poor, and he was united to the people of God. Early records tell us he went on to be a bishop of the church, and that is in Jericho. That is likely what happened, was this man changed his name, forget what it was to, I didn't write it down, and went on to become a bishop of the church in Jericho. So, let's dive into it. So Zacchaeus was famous, and he was rich, right? And he was hated by everyone in Jericho and beyond. He was a tax collector, a middleman working for the Roman occupiers, who collected taxes for the empire, while also given free reign and protection to collect as much for himself on the side on the side as he so desired, at the expense of his neighbors and at the expense of his nation. He wasn't just doing his job, right? That wasn't only what he was doing that was bad enough, right? He was also a thief, a liar, a crook, and a traitor. The tax collectors of the day, including Zacchaeus, used their position to steal from people, not just harmlessly collecting some necessary taxes that would be used to benefit the public good in some way later on, right? That illusion most people are led to believe of, you know, well, you got to pay your taxes. It's what goes to help people. <laughs> taxes go to pay for roads and parks and help people, right? Even if that was true, that's not what was true here, right? At all. It wasn't just harmlessly collecting the necessary taxes. He was going far above and beyond, right? With what he was taking. The wealth they looted, the tax collectors that is, from their own people, funded the occupying Roman army and further ensured Israel's place as a conquered nation. You're just funding the foreign army that has conquered you, right? The extra wealth being extracted was spent on themselves and hoarded as these tax collectors were outcasted. The Jews would often refuse to trade with them or do business with them, or allowed them to partake in rituals or community events. 
These tax collectors very often became completely isolated from their own people and neighborhoods. They would hoard money and resources to ensure their own longevity and survival. Often seeking to make their, you know, like their quarantine-esque living situations comfortable and entertaining. Like if you're going to be alone, you might as well live a life of luxury, right? Which meant greater wealth extraction from the population that they were, you know, given authority to collect taxes from. Usually their home base, their hometown, right? And these tax collectors had the strength of Rome behind them. And it gave them an ability to abuse and mistreat their own nation, their own people. No one could take any course of action against them. They would literally have Roman soldiers there defending them at all times, right? They had the strength and the might of all of the Roman Empire there defending them, protecting them. Which, of course, gave them all a horrible reputation locally, <laughs> you know? And uh, they were just generally not good dudes or gradually just became not good dudes after taking up this position just by default. You know, the reputation, the outcasting eventually just makes you jaded and sad and greedy and crooked and corrupt, right? And Zacchaeus himself was also described as the chief tax collector, sitting at the very head, the very top of the pyramid, right? So he was like the worst of the worst. <laughs> like, out of all these guys who are so hated throughout the Bible, you know, they always talk about prostitutes and tax collectors. Jesus eats some tax collectors, right? It's such a bad, horrible thing, like such a shameful thing to be. And this guy was like number one on the list. <laughs> this guy was the tax collectors of all the tax collectors, right? Um, he was the worst of the worst to his family, to his friends, to his community, to his whole nation, right? He was corrupted by wealth and power and his people despised him, condemned him and casted him out. So one day Jesus came to town. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be amazing? You're just like going about your day and then all of a sudden like you, everyone's like, hey guys, come quick. Jesus is coming. <laughs> Jesus is coming, guys. Come quick. Gather around. He's walking through. So Jesus comes to town. Everyone gathers to see him, including short little Zacchaeus, who was left with no options but to climb up in a tree and hope for a chance to just even just get a glimpse of the Lord as he passed by, right? However, when Jesus came upon this wee little man awkwardly hanging out up in that tree, he stopped and began to speak to this well-known, well-hated sinner. Everyone there was witnessing, was there and witnessing this, likely expected some sort of rebuke or criticism to come from Christ, right? Some sort of condemnation of what this man had done and was likely continuing planning to do, right? Like, this guy's not going to change. He's going to keep doing this. He's going to keep stealing from us, right? He's always stolen from us. He's going to keep doing that. These crowds were probably waiting for someone, like anyone with any sort of power at all, any sort of authority to come around and knock this poor little grabber down a peg or two, right? Put him in his place. Give this little grabber a taste of his own medicine for once. Maybe even try, you know, going so far as like taking back what he took, what he stole, and giving it, redistributing it to uh, the others. But there would be no punishments or rebukes delivered that day. Instead, Jesus stood right there, looked this little man right in his grabbly little eyes, and said, Hey brother, 
come down from that tree. Let's go to your house and break bread together. Today I will be your guest and your friend. Jesus knew all about this scumbag, knew all the bad things he had done and the mistakes and failures he made. He knew this man was a sinner, just like all of the other people around him. But Jesus also knew that this little grabbler couldn't do anything bad enough to stop him from loving him anyways. That no matter how far someone fails and falls short, no matter how far gone someone might be, how much they have messed up or how much damage they have caused to others, nobody, absolutely nobody, is beyond the love of their maker. For Jesus seeks after sinners, all of them. Jesus seeks after sinners, all of them. No sinner, not even one, is beyond saving. And even the hardest of hearts can be softened. Jesus sought this evil little man out up in his tree in order to spend some time with him, to save him from the sin that was plaguing his heart, destroying his life, and leading his soul away from the Lord our God. Nobody hung out with Zacchaeus. They all hated him and wanted nothing to do with him. They condemned him, judged him, shunned him, casted him out. But when the Lord came around, he sought him out entered into his home, and ate a meal with him. This little grabbler's heart totally changed after this, and he went out apologizing to everyone for what he had done, gave half of his possessions and belongings to those who needed him most, and made things right with all those he'd stolen from, four times what he owed them. And this story shows us that Jesus already knows everything about us, all the good, all the bad, everything you've ever done or will ever do. And none of that stops him from wanting to be close to us. No matter what we were or what we have done, our God still offers to us an opportunity to overcome our weaknesses and repair what we have broken. A chance to repent for what we have done wrong and a chance to forgive others for what they have done wrong. He offers us all hope. He is there for us still, and he will never, ever give up on us. The more we get to know Jesus, the more we speak to him and seek him out, he will change our hearts for the better and offer us a place in the glorious eternal kingdom that comes after our time here, our temporary short-lived time here in this place. When you fail and fall short, and you will, when you slip up and make mistakes, when the enemy leads you astray and into sinful acts, do you find yourself running further away from God in shame or towards him in humility? Do you draw closer to the Lord when you mess up or do you distance yourself? I know my natural reaction is always to distance myself. I think most people's natural reaction from the first man, from the very beginning of humanity, when Adam was ashamed of what he did, when he knew he did wrong, and he hid. He covered his body with the leaves, and he hid from God when God called out for him, right? And I think most of us do that. We mess up, we screw up, and we seek to distance ourselves from the Lord in shame, 
We don't even want to be close to them. We don't want them to notice what we did, right? But ask yourself, are you one of those ones who draws closer to him when you mess up? Or do you distance yourself? And do you think that God looks at you and your life choices with disappointment, with frustration, with apathy? Is he going to catch you, embarrass you, destroy you? Like, is that why you're afraid? Is that why you're scared? Are punishments coming <laughs> for what you did? However, it should be noted, our God doesn't care if you are scared or angry, weak or defeated, down or out, lost or broken. He wants you to talk to him anyways, through it all. The highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, the triumphs, the victories, and especially in your defeats. Excuse me. Especially in your defeats at your lowest moments. When you need God most. When you need salvation for what you did wrong, right? And Jesus seeks after sinners. All of them. Always. Jesus seeks after sinners and offers salvation for all of our sins. We don't need to clean ourselves up first or work our way out of our mess. We just need to seek him out and welcome him into our lives when it is presented. Zacchaeus didn't do anything special, right? <laughs> like what's so special about this little grabbler? Like, he didn't do anything abnormal. He didn't do anything special. He just climbed up into a tree. <laughs> he wanted to see Jesus. He was at his lowest, at his most shameful. Everyone hated him. He was like short and pitiful and evil and everyone despised him, wanted nothing to do with him. He didn't have any friends, not one, right? And he didn't do anything special other than climb into a tree, right? He's not magical or powerful or did some kind of impressive feat of strength or wisdom or courage, you know. He just climbed into a tree because he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to be a part of what was going on. He wanted, deep down he knew he needed salvation for his sins. And he wanted to see the one who was able to give him that, right? Just see him. He climbed up into a tree and he was sought out by the one who was able to provide him the salvation for his sins, right? The one who saved sinners. Zacchaeus was focused on seeing Jesus, but Jesus was focused on seeing Zacchaeus. A wee little sinner man up in a tree looking for Jesus, approached by the Lord and Savior and told to hurry down from there and welcome him into his home and into his heart. Not later on in the night, you know, or like next week, or after he had done something impressive or cool or powerful or courageous, right? Right now, in this moment. Just a man who climbed a tree, right? Jesus sought out this sinner passionately and immediately. Calling him out by name, Zacchaeus. A name that means pure and innocent. A baby that was born pure and innocent that went on to become a monster amongst his people and in his community recognized as basically less than human by his peers right by even his family by his entire nation 
This chief tax collector fell far away from an innocent and pure birth, eventually making a lot of mistakes and harming a lot of people, a lot of other people, you know, along the way. But Jesus came to this little grabbler specifically and sought to make him innocent and pure once more. A man once loved by nobody, who had all the riches a man in that time could have, but not any sort of respect or appreciation. A man who caused people pain and turmoil, who harmed others for his own personal gain. A man physically weak, emotionally unstable, and spiritually broken, who was going to have it all forgiven and made new by the one, the only one, who possibly ever could. A bad man sought out by the one who heals, who teaches, who gives strength, who provides peace and rest, who spiritually reconnects, who finds the lost and saves the sinners. Zacchaeus reacts in a completely transformed way. He leaves his old life behind. He gives up what he has. He returns what he has taken from others and gives back even more. He rights his wrongs and fixes what he broke. He apologizes for his crimes. It is important to note that there is no amount of charity we can do, or kindness we can show, or compliments we can give, or apologies we can make that will rescue us from our sins. For we are unable to save ourselves. If you can, you would. If people could, they would, right? Your life would be perfect. And many before you and after you would also be perfect and live perfectly if that were the case, right? However, it is our unfortunate situation here and now, living in the sin-sick world, with sin-sick hearts of our own, that cannot be overcome by our own power, our own strength. Good luck if you believe that, you know? Good luck to you if you want to hold, hold, hold hard to that notion, right? For we all need a Savior. Our sins need to be forgiven. We need to be born again into a new life of righteousness to gain entrance into a perfect, eternal place of peace and love with our perfect Creator, the only one who can and ever will be perfect. The good news, the gospel, is that Jesus Christ is our Savior, and he seeks after sinners, all of them, right? Every single one of them. Zacchaeus knew he was a sinner. Jesus knew he was a sinner, and yet he was sought out. The crowd didn't know they themselves were also sinners, right? They were the ones judging. They were the ones who thought they were holier than thou, doing everything right. And they didn't see themselves as sinners. They called out in the moment, questioning why Jesus would choose to eat and spend time with this well-known sinner, not recognizing that every single person that Jesus ever encountered while he was here on earth, right? Spent all the people he spent time with, broke bread with, every single person he ever laid eyes upon was also a sinner in need of a savior, right? This crowd of sinners didn't understand yet that Jesus, our Lord and Savior, only seeks after and out sinners, right? That entire crowd of sinners 
didn't understand that they too needed to seek out salvation for their sins. And salvation comes through a person, not a process. His name is Jesus, and when you choose to see him and welcome him into your home, into your heart, the overcoming can begin. Transformation begins. Healing begins. Renewal begins. New life truly begins. Salvation for your sins begins. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Every single one of them. Lost people who were born pure and innocent with sin-sick hearts in a sin-sick world, who became corrupted and degenerate, manipulative and cruel, angry and scared, depressed and hopeless, prideful and gluttonous, lustful and envious, greedy and wrathful. The Lord our God seeks all of them, at their lowest, at their weakest, at their worst. He seeks them all, all of us, right? Not those people over there that you're better than. He seeks out all sinners, all of us, right? And he gives us, me and you right now, me and you watching or listening, he seeks us out and gives us a chance to repent and believe, forgive and obey. He tells us to hurry up and get down from that tree to prepare our homes to break bread with, break bread with him, right? The one, the one who loves us unconditionally, regardless of who we are, what we did, where we were, he still loves us unconditionally as only a perfect God ever could, right? We were all babies and we all became sinners, weak, broken, and lost. And yet, Jesus still comes to us all, asking if we will accept him, giving us all the opportunity to be saved of our sins. When we choose to enter into a relationship with him, we will begin to do as he does and love people, right? We'll begin to do what Jesus does. What does Jesus do best? He loves people. When we have been saved, we will seek to help others be saved as well. When we are loved, we will seek to love others as well. We will return what we owe them. We will apologize for what we did wrong. We will forgive them for what they did wrong. And we will tell them the truth that is the word of God, leading them back to the one who made them and is waiting patiently for them to return home. Zacchaeus on that fateful day was saved. He welcomed salvation into his home and became completely transformed. And our early church fathers tell us that from that day forward, he did not stop sharing the good news with others. Zacchaeus, who was the tax collector, went on to become the bishop of Caesarea. Zacchaeus, who was the tax collector, went on to become the bishop of Caesarea. He became a pastor, a preacher, sharing the Savior that he met that day and loving all of those around him who once hated him. 
like Jesus, who loved him anyways, who loved him as the sinner that he was, Zacchaeus went on to love others anyways, the sinners that they were, and led them in every way that he could back to the person, back to the person, not the process that can and will save all who are lost and who are broken. Our God is one who seeks and saves humanity. That is his business. And when we are sought and saved, we should be about that business as well. That business should become our business. Seeking out the sinners and leading them to the only one who can and will save them. Are you going to give your life over to what the world says matters? Are you going to seek for yourself, enrich yourself, entertain and distract yourself, glorify yourself, pleasure yourself, and build your own little kingdom here and now in this place? Or are you going to be about what Jesus is all about? Saving sinners. Sinners like you, sinners like me, sinners like everyone, right? Are you going to be about that business too? Are you going to be about what Jesus is about? Seeking and saving the lost. That's the question I'll leave you on tonight. Unless y'all here with me live have any more comments or questions. I might read the, uh, read the storybook Bible again. And then call it a night. What's up Twitch? Twitch is popping tonight. Are you some kind of Christian? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I am. You some are you some kind of Christian? <laughs> and then yeah, my y'all sweater. You like my y'all sweater? I didn't. I dropped out of college, but I graduated from y'all. <laughs> proud, proud alumni of y'all. You know, I moved to Tennessee and and became a y'all man. Any final comments or questions, send them to me now. I guess I missed this from a previous stream. Um, Shadow wrote in my Odyssey chat, soft, that is modern Christianity, is choosing preference, which is not what Jesus taught. I don't really know what specifically that was about, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, the modern church, the modern American church is weak. However, Christianity is not. And modern Christianity is not just the people in America tend to be, right? Not even all, not even close to all, just a lot, far too many. Go to China and talk to a Christian about, um, you know, being soft. <laughs> Go to Iran and talk to Christians meeting in underground churches four days a week, you know, listen to eight hour long sermons if they're soft, you know. It's easy to point out like the rich and comfortable American church and say you're soft. And they are. And they deserve criticism, right? That's the only thing that's going to, maybe not the only thing, but that's what's going to motivate them best to overcome. Rise up. Get on with the crushing that's needed. Instead of just living for themselves. Living for themselves. Pleasuring themselves. Enriching themselves, right? Seeking for themselves distracting themselves that is the epitome of the american church today are you going to be like that 
Are you going to be just another American in this in this broken and weak church that we have in this nation today that seeks for themselves, that's full of idol worship, that's full of godlessness, you know, good talking points, good rhetoric, but no soul, no emotion, no no true faith, no actual walk of righteousness going on, right? They're just sitting there comfortable, assuming that things are good. Are you going to be like that? See, I'm sorry. I don't know exactly what you're referring to, Shadow. I missed it whenever you posted. My Odyssey chat is the one chat that does not feed into my main chat box here. So if you're watching on, on uh, I'm on Twitter now. If you're watching on Twitter and DLive, even on my private Facebook page, my like personal Facebook page, or my Twitch or my YouTube, any comments or questions you have for me every Monday night, if you want to tune in live and you're watching this later, um, send your comments in your chats and they all feed into this little chat box I have here, except for Odyssey. So I got to do better at like making sure I'm checking on Odyssey too, because that's the one that does not feed into my little chat box here. So sorry about that. Sorry, Mr. Post Shadow. Hope all is well though. If you're tuning in and hearing this later on, 07's in the chat from my boy Shadow. Dope dude, met him a couple times at uh, the Crush Fest, the Bear Crush Fest in Pennsylvania, and the Bearataria Times Fest in Missouri. Um, seems like a really cool dude. A very shadowy dude, yet cool and real dude. So yeah, any final comments or questions, send them to me. Thank you for tuning in. I'm gonna read, once again, the, uh, the man who didn't have any friends from the Jesus Storybook Bible. There once was a man who didn't have any friends. Do you have any friends? Well, of course you do. But not Zacchaeus. Poor Zacchaeus didn't have any. And you're probably wondering why. Was it because he was so short? Was it because he had a name that was so hard to say? Even though he was short and he did have a funny name, that wasn't it. No. People didn't like Zacchaeus because he stole their money. Zacchaeus collected taxes. Taxes were what people had to pay the king. But Zacchaeus took more than he was supposed to and kept the extra money for himself and made himself rich. Everyone knew what he was up to and it made them cross and grumpy. They didn't like Zacchaeus one bit. So they made sure he knew it by doing things like avoiding him and walking on the opposite side of the street and pretending not to see him and whispering things like, there's that nobody who thinks he's a somebody loud enough so he could hear. I'll show you little pictures that go along with it. Poor little grabbler. Poor little grabbler. I'm just trying to steal your money. <laughs> I'm just trying to steal your money. Um, I'll answer that in a minute, Coffee Grounds. I'll finish this. Anyway, one day, a huge crowd gathered by the road. Jesus was coming to their town and everyone wanted to see him. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus too, but everyone was too tall. He tried jumping up and down, but that didn't work. He still couldn't see a thing. Luckily, Zacchaeus had a good idea. I'll climb that sycamore tree, he said. So he did. 
He was surprisingly good at climbing trees for a man who was so unusually short that he had to take a flying leap just to get into his chair in the morning. And I like the little picture here they have, like right here. See that? <laughs> like tiny little grabbler, can't see over the normal, the normal sized people. The regular sized people. From the tree, Zacchaeus had the perfect view, all the way down the road. Another minute and suddenly, Jesus was at that tree. He stopped and looked up. Zacchaeus saw Jesus, and Jesus saw Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, Jesus said, I'd like to come over to your house. And Zacchaeus almost fell out of the tree. Come over to his house? No one ever wanted to come anywhere near his house, let alone inside it. This one goes vertical, I like that. As if you're up in the tree with him, looking down at Jesus. And Jesus is looking back up at you, right? I'm telling you, second greatest book ever. <laughs> Look at that subtlety of like a Christian, like a little children's book. Flipping the page and like portraying it, you know? As if you're up in that tree with Zacchaeus looking down at Jesus and then Jesus is looking right back up at you. <sighs> Come on, man. Second greatest book ever. Get yourself a copy. <laughs> no, I don't get anything from that. No, I'm not, no, I don't have a promo code. No, I don't no, I don't have any stock interest in the Jesus Storybook Bible Company. The people saw this and needless to say, it made them even crosser and grumpier than usual. They mumbled and murmured and muttered, why is Jesus being kind to that big sinner? Doesn't Jesus know about him? Zacchaeus scrambled down and took Jesus to his house. He was in a big hurry because he didn't want Jesus to change his mind. Perhaps Jesus hadn't heard about him. Perhaps Jesus didn't know about how he had been stealing and how no one liked him and how he didn't have any friends. But Jesus knew. He knew all about Zacchaeus and the stealing and everything. And yet he still loved him. He loved him anyways. Zacchaeus was ashamed. Lord, he said, turning pale, what I've done is wrong. But now I want to do the right thing. I will give the money back to everyone four times what I stole. And that's just what he did. Jesus smiled. My friend, he said, today God has rescued you. Jesus loved Zacchaeus when nobody else did. He was Zacchaeus' friend even when no one else was. Because Jesus was showing people, all people, what God's love was like. His wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, Always and for, forever, love. Look at the, look at short little look at the short little grabbers that he has on his little stool. <laughs> they really, I mean, they really harp on that short point, you know. Not only in the storybook Bible, but in the Bible, they're really like, this guy was short. <laughs> in case you forgot, this guy is really short. He needs a little stepping stool. <laughs> Man. Sorry, short kings out there. All my short kings out there. Sorry, bro. I'm not saying it. I'm not, I'm not saying it. 
So yeah, Coffee Browns Bear in the chat says, sorry if this is a stupid question. What does 07s mean? 07s is like a salute. And so when you like salute, it looks like a seven. It looks like you're making a seven and your face is a zero. So if you like put it on the little chat, there's like a zero and a seven, and it kind of looks like someone's saluting. Like their head is the zero and their arm is like a seven shape. I one day too was in a chat room asking, what does 07 mean? <laughs> what does 07 mean? And I think they say it in um, in the army or in the, I might be wrong. I might be making that up. I'm pretty sure the Marines or the army or one of them says like 07. Um, and I don't know if that's where it's from or if that's a coincidence or whatever, but that's why people in chat say 07's in the chat. Get your salutes out. Hey, Kings, get your salutes out. Get your 07's out and show some love. Show some report for a fellow king, a fellow soldier out there, fellow brother in Christ, you know? Stolen Valor. <laughs> no Stolen Valor here. No Stolen Valor. <laughs> I love me and support me some troops, right? Some uh, banker cartel security guards. That's going to be it. <laughs> On that note, that's going to be it for me tonight, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Love y'all. Love y'all. <laughs> LibertyLinks.io slash Jonathan Corey for all my content links and social media accounts. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for being here live with me, dudes. My three Twitch viewers. I usually have one. I usually only have one. Um, occasionally I'll have zero. Once in a great while I'll have two. For some reason tonight, I was bouncing in between three and two. So what's up? What's up, Twitch? Thanks for tuning in. It's a matter of time before I'm banned and blocked there, but, you know, we're going to keep rolling. We're going to keep rolling until then. I'll be back next Monday night, 7 p.m. Central Time. I was going to prepare. I had a prepared stream I was going to talk about, but uh, I think with all the stuff and happenings in the bear community lately, I might have to do a stream on Paul and share my thoughts on Paul. Don't hold me to that. I might go with the one I had prepared instead if all this stuff gets too old <laughs> and too crazy and chaotic. But I figure I'll just do uh, my thoughts on Paul stream, you know? So maybe next week I'll do that. Send your comments, your questions. Tune in live if you want to, like, debate me and fight me on that and correct me and ask me questions. I'll be here. What is that? What is 28th? November 28th. I'll be back with a stream, either the prepared topic I had or I might do an impromptu, what do I think about Paul's stream? So either way, I'll see you back here Monday night, 7 p.m. Central Time, the one true time zone. Until then, go out this week and do good, be good, love and be loved. Don't eat too much turkey. Have a happy Thanksgiving, y'all. You know, make sure you're seeking and producing what is good, true and beautiful wherever and whatever you do this Thanksgiving. Spread some love to your family members, right? All of them were born pure and innocent, no matter how far gone they may be now, right? And all of them are deserving of salvation. All of them Jesus loves. And all of them, if you're on the business of being on Jesus's business, you should be loving them too regardless, right? No matter how short they are, <laughs> no matter how much of a grabbler they are, guys, love them anyways. Show them love anyways. Keep the faith, loyalty, and hope. 
as your primary concerns, concerns as you go, in your every moment, as you go out on mission, this week and beyond. I love you all. There's nothing you can do about that, ever. I'll talk to you soon. Again, happy Thanksgiving, and I'll see you back here Monday night, y'all. Thanks for tuning in, dudes.